Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As always, Dale Lippin in here, my partner in crime, Trey Van Buskirk. Dude, I don't know what's saltier, your attitude or that ring on your Allegiance clothing hat. What is going on with all this salt coming from you today? Well, hello, Dale. What's up, buddy? If if that is your real name. You'll never know. You know what? I'm going to be honest, dude. Let, I'm going to let the listeners know about something. If you're a longtime listener, a two-year listener, you would know this, that Trey, mm-hmm. your boy here, is the most honest son of a bitch on the planet. He comes in every single week, lays his heart on the line. He submits his picks, his money line picks through the card, top to bottom. He submits them to your boy, Dale, sends them out into the, into the O zone. And then what does Dale do? He does not reciprocate. It's me standing there, and he says, Oh, would you like my picks as well? And then I'm just on my knees and I'm like, like Tiny Tim. I'm like, please, sir, I'd love to know what your picks are for UFC Vegas 47. True. Now, here's the thing. Here's why this is this happens time and time again. And admittedly, I don't know maybe if it's a, I don't know if it's how we were raised or if it's a geography thing or if it's an age thing, but I'm under the, the impression, trade that that we as grown-ass men – if you want to know something, you just ask. You just ask. You never tell me you want my picks. You just send me your picks. You volunteer that information. That's not my doing. I don't ever volunteer that. Like, have you ever gone? Well, have you ever gone golfing with like a buddy that you haven't seen yeah. in a while, right? And you come home and your wife's like, "How was? I don't know. But give me a friend's name, Blake. How was Blake?" Yeah. Yeah. And you go, "Huh, oh, he was good." And she'll be like, well, how's how are the kids? How's this? Oh, I think they're good. Because if you don't ask, he's not going to volunteer that information up. If you don't ask me what my picks are, I'm not just going to tell you. I just assume that you don't care. I literally just assume you don't care. I, I once didn't talk to my dad for like three months because he didn't call me. And I'm like, why didn't you call me? And he's like, well, I just figured you'd call me when you wanted to talk. Oh, that's sad. And I'm sitting here going, well, I figured you'd call me whenever you wanted to talk. That's not good. Well, I mean, this was years ago, but I mean, this is how we communicate with each other. If you want to know, ask. 
I hate both of your analogies, the golf one. <laughs> if, my, if my wife asked how golf was, it's usually like, hey, you said golf was going to be done at three. It's 8 p.m. and you can barely stand. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was a par three course. We only played nine holes. But <laughs> so what? That's okay, too. So what? So what? So what? <laughs> you go golfing, right? It's an experience. You right. don't play golf. You go golfing. There's a right. whole thing to it. That's why it's not in the – well, is it in the Olympics now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't well, matter. The only, the only thing I'm experiencing today is a bunch of bullshit with you not – providing your picks but i really think i'm gonna you think i'm an absolute lunatic and that's fine we're gonna dive into it we're gonna break down all these fights on ufc vegas 47 but i'm just telling you right now dude i'm coming in hot i'm ready to win it's game time dude okay so a couple things um i i gave you a, a a cheat sheet to my picks earlier this morning let's talk about the curse of the show real quick before we yes before we get into anything else yeah, uh, let's talk about the show curse. Everybody, so not I don't say everybody. Some people want us to talk about the previous event, you know, recap this, that, and the other. Maybe we'll do some of that at some point. But as of right now, um, I hear you, I see you, I read you, but I want to talk about the curse. So those okay. of you who are unaware, we have a curse. Um, if you if you don't know, uh, I come from a long line of gypsies, both Irish and <laughs> Hungarian gypsies. So I, I, the gypsy magic is strong with your boy. Now, I don't claim to put any gypsy curse on anybody, but I will say that the no. curses are strong with my people. I come from a, a people of pain and suffering and curses. Well, right. We're also very good at card games, and we're quite tricky. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you sound like a leprechaun. Yes. Well, perhaps perhaps we were at one point in time. So anyway, doesn't matter. We're getting off the topic here. Uh, those of you who are unaware, who are not longtime listeners of the show... The show is cursed and not cursed in the sense that it's not good or something bad happens to us because we are good. And the only thing bad that happens is we are bad asses. That's it. Outside of that, <laughs> outside of that, we're, we're ready to rock and roll. Now, if you decide that you want to come into this, into this space, you have to do so knowing that there is danger attached to it. Mm. And that danger tray is that if you don't show up when you say you're going to show up, yeah. Bad things happen, right or wrong. No, no, that's absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. Usually, Dale, I'm going to be honest, it's more attracted to the female clientele that we, <laughs> we bring in. But as of recently, there's been some male, male dominated flakiness. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, you think about, you think about the people that have, what we're alluding to is that if you come on the show or if we, you say you're going to come on the show and you don't, you tend to lose, um, Honestly, the show's undefeated, so you lose until till till we don't know when because uh, right. nobody's no- actually. I take that back. Hannah Goldie beat Emily Whitmire in a battle of, of the curses. of curses. So we don't really we still don't have data. Right. As it stands right now, if you no show us, you don't win again. That's true. Until you until you come on the show, we yeah. think. Yeah, we think yeah. we haven't we haven't had it happen. Those have no showed us that never happened. So, um, if you need an example. If we need an example, um, let's do Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland said he was going to come on the show. He's lost, what, three in a row? Right. right. Well, he did just win a grappling tournament, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe but so. Most recently, what what are we talking about as it relates to curses for this card? Oh, as it relates to curses of this card. So we got an email. Um, we always tell you guys to email us because we love emails because we're like your grandma on Facebook. Um, we, we love emails. Uh, we got an email from, a, from an individual that's, I guess was claiming to represent Sam Alvey. Um, right. We put the email up by for 
privacy sake, they provided a phone number and email address and all that covered all that up. Anyway, it's there. It's on our Instagram story. You can go check it out. They want to bring Sam Alvey on the show. Said Sam likes our show. I doubt it. But if he does, <laughs> great, right? So, of course, we're like, yeah, let's like, let Sam's fighting this weekend. Bring him on. I want to talk him all, talk. I'll talk to him. Let's do it. Yeah, fuck it. I'll smile. I'll smile. <laughs> sure, why not? This lady ghosts us. She yeah. reaches out to us. Can Sam come on your show? Yes, of course he can come on the show. And then crickets. Crickets. Sam. So... I included the screenshots because I wanted the timestamps there. I wanted the receipts, as the kid call it. Kids right. call it. I keep the receipts. Yeah. yeah. So Sam Alvey decides to no show us. I shoot right. you a text at 1033 this morning and I say, Travion Buskirk, Sam Alvey's not coming on the show today. I can't get a hold right. of this chick. Is he cursed? And you replied. No. Yes, you did. You said he's cursed. Well, no, I prefaced it by saying it's hard for me to say he's cursed given who his current opponent is. Okay. Hold on a second here. Is Sam Alvey on the curse list? You said it's Phil Hawes. I don't like either one of them. I think Phil wins the fight, though. So, yeah, I'd say he's cursed. Yeah, okay. That happens at 10.33 1033 a.m. You sent that to me. At 11.25. Right. News broke Sam Alvey against Phil Hawes this weekend. Because he's dead. No, still okay. alive. Everybody's still alive. everybody's alive. Yep. So okay. uh Sam Alvey's fight canceled. Now, right. We thought, okay, maybe that was the end of the curse. The fight getting canceled. No, no, no. You still no, gotta no, take, no. you still gotta take that L, my man. You still <laughs> got that L coming to you. You don't just get to get your fight canceled and think that you break the curse, bro. You got L's coming your way. So who steps in on four days notice? I have no idea. Brendan Allen. Joking. You're joking. No, Brendan Allen. Four days notice is coming in. He's going to put that work in on Sam Alvey. That is the biggest step down in competition for Brendan Allen I've ever heard of in my entire life. (laughs) Yo, he literally is an NBA player going to the local YMCA for runs. That's what's happening right here. <laughs> this is like signing producer Jacob for like an under-12 deck hockey league is what's happening right here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. You're going to catch, catch that L. The, the, That's cursed on a whole another level, Dale. A whole another level. Layers. Layers. Great British baking show, Layers. I want to see that Paul Hollywood crust. Mm, 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 mm. he's getting dusted bro it's going down wow yeah i'm still gonna bet a no contest or some type of draw given he takes more nut shots eye pokes than any other fighter i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life if there's a prop of over under on a nut shots and it's at seven i'm going over if there's a prop for an eight eight round that's what we need to play (laughs) first we need need a prop on an eight eight round that's what i think is gonna happen All right, we're 10 minutes in. All we've talked about is Sam Alvey. Um, I talked about your shirt, or I talked about your hat. While you do that, um, you were upset before you before we got on because you were on Instagram Live. And those of you who don't know, we share. Um, hold on a second. And the chat says, where is that fight in the order? I believe it's third or fourth down from the main event now. Third or fourth down from the main event. We'll get to it here very, very shortly. Um you get on Instagram Live, but we share that account. It's the only account I have. So right. I didn't know that you were on. So I got on. It doesn't tell me that you're on doing a live. Oh, okay. 
I didn't know, and I wasn't in here, so I didn't see you in the lobby, and you don't talk to me outside of when we're recording, so I have no idea what's going on in your life. So I hopped on Instagram Live, and then everybody proceeded to tell me that I booted you off. Oh, this is such bullshit, dude. You <laughs> knowingly saw that I was talking mad shit, and then it wasn't even shit, but it was logical shit, and you just came in and said, I'm booting Trey, and somehow the 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 ig algorithm said yeah trey's a little bit more brash he's a little bit more outlandish mm. we're going to give it to the more conservative minded the more uh, even keel dale oh boy <laughs> and they booted me which is insane because you're massive conspiracy theorist bro if i'm the most even keel <laughs> conservative person on this show we're, this is a problem because i'm literally a couple stamps away from ted kaczynski all right <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Speaking of living in the wilderness and eating fresh food, guys, if you go to stayclassymeats.com and use promo code FIST, you can save 10% on the entire order. You're talking farm fresh, no GMO, um, just absolutely no hormones, fantastic food, farm to table, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, you name it. They source it. They bring it directly to your table. Use promo code you can save 10% on the entire thing. Go ahead, sir. If you guys may have noticed at the beginning of this episode, Dale made fun of my hat. It wasn't because of the logo. It was because of the sweat stains, which is funny because from a uh, a guy that is clearly out of shape and chugging a beer in a fantastic fashion right now, the sweat is because I'm putting in work, Dale. And I'm putting in work because I'm wearing – an outfit that I believe showcases my true effort. And that is Allegiance Clothing. Mm. Guys, if you want to wear something that is American, veteran-owned, freaking butter blend, cut to the T's, go buy yourself an amazing tea at AllegianceClothing.com and utilize our code PUNCH. And that is going to get mm. you 15% off site-wide. Shirts are in the in the mail, by the way. They are in the mail. They are in transit. Most of you have messaged us and said you've got your tracking. If you do not have your tracking and you placed an order for the head shirt, if you don't have your tracking, please shoot us a message, um, Instagram, or email us at chat at punchlessmma. So, yeah. seriously, uh, everything should be out in the mail. If it's not, you don't have your tracking yet, please let us know because shirts are out. Look at you. What, what are you cracking right now? You already <gasps> slammed a beer. What well, do you want now? Well, we talk about the people that paid us or pay us. Let's talk about the people that don't pay us. And I'm going with a... Cutwater tequila margarita. You son of a bitch. I'm a salty sailor. I'm God. a salty sailor. You are unbelievable. I love it. I love it. I already drank one of those. It's on our Instagram story right now. So I'm what at are my the, What do the weirdos on YouTube call this? What is this? A, a, ASMR? BDSM? What is this? What? Have you ever seen this? No, I'm not a scientist. Oh, man. There's a whole contingency of people on YouTube where they just make videos where they just eat and drink things and like touch stuff like really close and soft to the, to the microphone. Super strange. Very strange. Stranger than the dudes that like whack off the cartoons. Anyway, let's get into this fight card, bro. You ready? I'm aroused. See, see, look, 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 <laughs> boom. ASMR. Chris knows what's up. And he says, it's gross. <laughs> my man, Chris, <clears throat> come on, bro. Come on. And Marvin, <laughs> my man, Chris, you're blocked. <laughs> Man, Chris, you're creeping me out. And no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Marvin says I'm out here doing promos. Of course, man. Of course. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Listen, man, I gotta put this, I gotta put this audio corduroy to work, man. We gotta figure out a way to get paid. All right. First fight on the main card, Juicy J, Julian Arosa at 26 and 10, taking on Steven Peterson, 19 and 9. 
Steven, Steven Peterson is going to be an underdog here, Trey. He's coming in at a plus 255. Julian Rose at a minus 305. We just talked about Juicy J the other day because Juicy J, Corey Sanhagen, Billy Q, and who's, who's the other cat? We can never remember. He literally just fought. Uh, Billy Q, Juicy J, and um, Damn it, we, fuck. I can't remember. But anyway, they've never all been seen in the same room at the same time. It's like the, the, the Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing. Bill Algio. Bill Algio. There we go. So Bill Algio, Juicy J, Billy Q. <laughs> Never, and Corey saying, yeah, they're all the same person, brother. All cut. They were all grown in the same lab in the same test tubes, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Juicy J is a minus three hundred five favorite here, which is a pretty steep price on Julian Rose. If I'm being honest, taking on Steven Peterson plus two fifty five over on rounds at two and a half. As a rule of thumb, I never bet on a guy with a Superman S on his chest. Uh, well, Ryan Span status. I just never. I just anybody with the S on their chest. I just. Something about that just seems I make poor choices. You know what I mean? Something about that. Okay. That's fair. So, that's fair. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the prelude to my breakdown, but I want to hear your analytical approach because like you said, you are the brains of this operation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> GCJ, dude, it's hard to go against a guy that's all about explosion in your face, man. He gets it mm-hmm. done. His ground and pound is legit, especially against that half guard style where he's just raining elbows down. Me likey a lot. The problem is, you know, when he explodes forward as he's standing, he leaves himself very, very vulnerable. And a guy that has pretty, I don't want to say weight issues, but his weight fluctuates significantly. He drains himself out. So it leaves him very vulnerable. When you look at someone like Steven Peterson, though, okay, this guy was supposed to be shoveled out of the UFC freaking ages ago, dude. This is the guy that came in who was literally supposed to be the sacrificial lamb for mm. Chase Hooper. Mm. Chase Hooper comes in, who I think is a piece of shit. Chase Hooper comes in. He's a one-dimensional jiu-jitsu artist. Comes in. And what? Steven Peterson's able to negate a little bit of the takedown, actually stand and bang a little bit. I don't think if you're not if you're not taking down the Chase Hoopers of the world right now, and you're not able to like, you know, keep a good standing appeal. I'm not a fan, dude. I think Juicy J is gonna come in here and lay something that Chase Hooper is not able to do, which is heavy punches, explosion, right up in your face. Kale. So I know and minus 305, you're not getting much value at Juicy J. Put him as KO. He's gonna put this bitch out. Um, it's very aggressive towards Steven Peterson. I have no qualms with this man. I don't know why you're being so aggressive towards him. I think the blueprint for this fight, um, outside of the Superman tattoo, is if you look at the way um Luis Pena. Now, normally we make a habit of not talking about people that assault women on the show, but we will. In this sense, Luis Pena, if he put basically put a, a I don't want to say the blueprint on how to beat Steven Peterson because Peterson's rudimentary uh, in a lot of his skill set. Very talented. He's a mm. professional fighter, but rudimentary all the same. Uh, Julian Arosa presents a lot of the same dynamics and a lot of the same problems. Forward pressure, length, not not afraid to, to mix in the occasional kick, strikes, takedown threat like you said very active off the cage good elbows from enclosed julian arosa has a terminator style if you will he wants to walk and stalk now the only thing he has to be really i don't want to say cautious of is the desperation of steven peterson right so steven peterson's got two things going for him one he's got that wild animal caged fight or flight strength where he has the ability to knock you out if he's 
even if he's rocked. He's always dangerous. And the second thing he's got going for him is he's primarily a coach and a fighter second. So when you take that coaching approach, you have a little bit more of a cerebral mentality in the cage. One, it can lead to slow starts, but two, it can open up avenues to victory that you may or may not be able to see if you're not in that mindset going into it. He's got a very analytical approach to the game. Mm-hmm. Julian Arosa just has to come in. He has to execute well, maintain the distance, beat him up, touch him, frustrate him, and then get him out of there. Under two and a half seems nice, but I like Juicy J as a Juicy J parlay piece. Ooh, ooh. Um, I like that. What I don't like is what you just did there. We did a little bit of a, uh, impromptu good cop, bad cop, but then you know what the funny thing is while I came off as the bad cop in 24 hours, you're going to be texting, uh, freaking Steven Peterson and saying, you're going to die, bitch. It's over. Ju- I never do that. Jay in your face. Yes. Never, yes I never do that. Are. I never do yes, that. I, I, I'm always, see, here's the thing. People know this is that you are very harsh when it comes to your assessment of people. Yeah. Um, you're a big yeah. body shame guy. Um, yep. you're, you're big on calling, uh, comparing people to, to other body parts or excrement. Um, that's just not my speed. Now I try to yeah. find the nicest way to say it, even though I'm saying the same thing as you, I try to make mine sound like I'm saying it in a work email, like per my last email. Oh, which means bitch. Did you read my last email? Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, upon further review, like I try to just, you know, yeah. Instead of like saying, bitch, did you see what I said? You know what I mean? Like that's, I just try to, upon further review, per my last email, uh, let's, let's put a pin in this. I always like, to, I always like to hit people. <laughs> let's put a pin in this. Shut the fuck up. Right, yes. right, right. Or, yeah, yeah. How, that's, that's an interesting point. We'll circle back. <laughs> oh, don't. We'll circle back. Don't, don't circle back. Don't yeah. red hair. Yeah. Or, back, or if you say something really dumb, what do you, could you unpack that a little bit for me? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So hit me with a hit me with a dumbass breakdown. I'm going to ask you to unpack that a little bit for me. Why do people do that, though? That is so much more condescending because it's like, you know what the person's saying. Just cut to the chase. I'd rather someone just be like, you're a fucking idiot. Read the email. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Uh, This is I'm I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. I I walked into the office today into a complete shitstorm. I've had a bad day today, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, yeah. I walked into a <laughs> I walked into a shitstorm. I was literally part of an email chain with like six people that were all mad at me and nobody yeah. knew that I was the one they were supposed to be mad at. So like it's just emails of people going like who the hell is this guy? who is this person who you know and they're they're just like i'm i'm literally reading this going oh my gosh i'm on fire like i'm literally <laughs> i'm i'm on fire right now everybody is so mad at me and then finally i get out of there <laughs> i just was like <laughs> i just like that's me i screwed that up and i just get as soon as i do that the email chain stops and i get one person that emails me and they're like fix this now and i was like roger that we'll do yeah. <laughs> we'll do um Jason Brown, real quick before we before we get on the next fight, says you think Erosa gets him out of there? I don't know, man. Mm. I, I, listen, I'm not I'm not saying that that's like the play of all plays, but I will say this is that Steven Peterson has like he's like an old Honda Accord, right? Like after like 150 thousand miles, or in this case, 28 professional fights, he goes at like 80 percent all the time, and mm. he's big big movements, big arm punches, big sloppy kicks big takedowns. And one of the things you have to take into account is 
that cardio, that style of fighting on top of getting hit constantly. Julian Arosa's death by a thousand punches or death by a thousand cuts. He's not like one punch sleep you. We're talking about two and a half rounds. That's literally, you know, 12 and a half minutes, 13 minutes of fight time. That's a long time to get to yeah. be in that that style of fight. It's just wearing. I'm saying it's something to consider, not something I love Juicy J by knockout, but I do like Arosa altogether in that spot. Yeah. So, hasn't been finished since 2017. Again, I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you. Just we're looking for value. We're looking for value. I appreciate the input. Per my last email. All right, here we go. Brian <laughs> Battle take <laughs> Brian Battle taking on Trayshawn Gore. Trayshawn Gore obviously undefeated here. Trey to three and zero taking on Brian Battle uh, coming off that Ultimate Fighter win. And uh, yeah, man. So what do you think here? We got Gore to minus one fifty five. Battle at a plus one thirty five. We talk about fighters that we like their nicknames, dude. I'm gonna be honest. Brian Battle, Pooh Bear, dude. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Um, I don't. Has there has there ever been a Trying to think, outside of Paul Varlins, has there ever been a fighter that has had success with Bear in their nickname? Bear Jew. <laughs> Paul Craig, you're right. Paul Craig, you're right. What, dude, yeah. you debunked me immediately. Bravo. Immediately, fact check the shit out of that thing. You really did. Good job. Well done. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Um, Brian Battle is going to walk forward. Ton of output. You know. He actually has a good ground game. I mean, that's how that's how he got a tough 29. He's got a good submission game. So yeah. he, he can move around. He moves forward. With Gore, though, you got one of these muscle dudes. And that's mm. the thing is Gore came into that tough 29 season, and people were like, this is the dude. This is the guy. He's freaking built like a truck. Mm. He hit, hits with, to use your words, ill intent. Mm. He sits down. He freaking explodes forward. He's mm -hmm. scary. He came into that. This should have been the tough 29 finale right here. But, mm. you know, we know Gore came in, had a little bit of a knee injury, so wasn't able to perform. Battle came in, did his thing. I think at plus 135, you're getting a guy that's, you know, a little bit more battle-tested. He's mm. been more active. Gore's been out since the knee injury. You and I both get very skeptical with those that are coming back from knee injuries. Knee injuries mm -hmm. are very sketchy, especially with his style of striking. I like this in the fact that I like the over two and a half here. If I'm going to really play it, I think plus 135 is juicy on battle. Who's going to have the more output who has been more mm. recent. Hmm. Knee injuries scare me, Dale. They scare me. So let me, let me ask you to unpack this a little bit. Then if you are, if you're like in the over two and a half, Gore's known for the one punch knockout power, right? right. And battle puts a pace on you. And obviously we saw with the, the, ultimate fighter finale he's got submission games as well yeah. uh if you're following him on instagram which we are if you've seen him he's looks to be showing up in fantastic shape so it looks right. like he's going to be ready to rock and rock and roll uh maybe with some limited mobility from gore the fact that he does carry a lot of muscle weight around cardio could be an issue as we get into the latter stages of the fight knowing Brett battle is capable of a wrestle heavy approach like we saw in the ultimate fighter finale do you think that maybe under two and a half you really feel that you really feel the 15 minutes is the way to go with this i just think with gore with a knee injury you're gonna come in hesitant you're gonna take your time mm -hmm. you're in mm -hmm. the apex which is quite a shit mm -hmm. battle who's yes he has a submission game but he's an output type of guy he's not a point grabber but he's definitely gonna circle around the cage so i think 
someone who's going to come in hesitant, another person that's more of a point grabber, quote unquote, you got to mm. lean more towards that over two and a half. Um, I don't Fair know. This is, this is a tough fight, though. If in so in your opinion, I mean, and we'll we'll release our official card Saturday afternoon. Do you do you think this is a fight that's worth risking money on? No, there's so okay. much more value on this card. Okay, I, I had the same feeling about it. I just don't. I don't care. I'm not gonna say I don't care enough, but I, don't, I haven't seen enough out of either one. A guy that's three and zero as a professional that was on the Ultimate Fighter. That's hard for me to gauge. I can I, mm-hmm. I, I see what I see. But it, it's still very hard for me to gauge. And then at a minus one fifty five, you know, you're looking at what, like a, what is that, like a sixty percent implied chance of victory or something? I don't, I don't know, man. That's that's tough for me. All right. Uh, in the chat, Chris says, "You guys think this card is underwhelming or more so interesting? What do you think? Do you think this card's underwhelming? Or you think it's an interesting card? No, I think it's beyond interesting. Really? Do you? Oh, that's beyond. interesting. Sell me on it because I think it sucks. You do you really? I really do. I don't like this card at all. I think there's there's literally there's one fight on here that makes the entire card for me. Mm, okay. Do you want me to Should, guess what it is? Yeah. Okay. Let me see. What, let me look it over real quick. I, I it's interesting. There's one fight that I literally, if it was a main event, I'd be like, I don't give a shit if this is a fight night card. I want to watch this fight. Hmm. Um. Interesting. I'd go. Ooh, man, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Carlson Harris. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's That's just a fight. Well, let's just transition to that. Um, let's just we'll just go in it right now. Um, so yeah, you got Shavkat or Shavkat, whatever you want to call him. Rocking off, taking on Carlson Harris, minus two thirty, coming back at a plus one ninety five. Over and under rounds is at one and a half. I agree with you. Um, I I've been talking for a minute, so I'm gonna let you run. But I I love this fight. You you know me. Um, I love guys. I love Mongolians. I love Caucasus Mountain Warriors. Yes. If you come from a cold place that's with mountains and there is the proximity to caribou, reindeer, goats, you are my boy and I love you. Um, Shavkat, he checks all my boxes, bro. He's got good knockout power. He's got good wrestling. Cardio eh, could probably use a little bit of work. Um, over and around is at one and a half here. And he's coming up against a Carlson Harris who – you tagged as one of our biggest underdog wins in season one. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to you on that. Um, but Carlson Harris has fought a couple times since then. Continues to have success. In my opinion, I, yeah, he's looked good. He, he had a KO win and everything else. I don't know if, necessarily know if I believe that the guy's actually good. Um, it didn't look great. We got the result we wanted, but it didn't look great. And he's going up against a killer in Shavkat here. So go ahead and let, let me know what you think and how. Well, I think Carlson Harris, we've taken him numerous times at plus money. You know, it's kind of, you know, an ode to a, a couple other fighters where it's like, mm-hmm. this is the last time you're going to get, you know, Carlson Harrison plus money. I don't think so, though, because I think everyone doesn't look Carlson Harrison to the potential that he can actually convey. Mm-hmm. When you look at Shavkat Romanov, yes, he checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Cox Mountain Warrior, freaking scary <laughs> looking. There's one box, though, that you didn't talk about that we needed to check because mm-hmm. it is a definitive win when you see this happen on a fighter and that is wearing a dead animal carcass mm, post yep. your fight on your head and he does yep. that every single time he looks like goddamn daniel boone out there when he wins his fights and that scares the shit out of me comes from the caucus mountain wars he he is big for the division too he's mm. great at point striking he mixes it up he's got good submissions he's got a great uh you know front guillotine 
I mean, he's sub Michael Prezeris, dude. This is a guy that can actually get in there and do yeah. things. He yeah. fought Cow- Cowboy Oliveira. So he's seen, you know, what veteran statuses, you know, mm-hmm. can withhold. Carlson Harris has always, you know, been exciting for me because I think he has that, uh, you know, knockout power, which we've seen, but he also has a super, super slick jiu-jitsu game. So the plus mm-hmm. 185 makes me want to go all day long. But this Shavkot guy, this dude with his dead animal just bleeding all over his head post-fight, well, who doesn't not. speak a lick of English, makes me think, man, maybe Vegas has this right at minus 230. Uh, definitely not bleeding. The, the, it's definitely a, a finished hat. But yes, I, I agree, bro. Right. I, I, right. I agree with what you're saying. It's very hard to discount a person that wears dead animals all the time. Like now mm-hmm. you and I wear dead animals most days because the leather on your shoe comes from a cow but outside of that we're not mm. wearing well you don't even wear shoes do you you're in southern california do you use fucking bare leather sandals or? leather sandals yeah yeah you know what i thought about getting until they raise their prices and I, I, it's not i'm just i just it's too rich for my blood the toehold custom oh geez dude, dude have you Look seen you those pink, pinkies up fancy bro those things are so fancy they've got the purple ostriches They've got purple ostrich, leather, like flip-flops. Or you, do you call them thongs or you call them flip-flops? Slippers. Slippers. No, slippers Slippers have nothing in between the toe. If it's got I'm in between sli- the toe. Slipper. Now, is that just you or is that like a San Diego thing? I've never heard anybody call it a slipper that it actually goes in between the toe. Yeah, it's like a Hawaiian, Southern California thing. It's slipper. So slipper? Slipper. Spell it. S L I P P A. Slipper. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So slides are the ones that have the gap. Okay. The, slides. You know, Jeez, slides. Dude. Yeah. 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 Don't, okay. don't, don't call them that. Well, no, I'm saying slides are the ones that have like the thing and your foot goes like that's a slide. But then I, then you have these, right? Like these are, um, are the, are the thongs or flip flops. I feel like you were the type of guy that either wore Heelys or soaps. Never. I've never, I've never worn those ever. Heelys or soaps? Never worn them. You grinded some rails with some soaps back then. Never in the day. did. You, you action sports fucker. <laughs> I was. I was an X Games kid for a little bit. Um, there, I went through, I, listen, I went through the X Games kid phase. I had a, I had a, um, so I had a, what was the, what was the brand? I had a Dino BMX bike. Was it Dino or Dyna? Dino, I think I had a Dino. Yeah, I think I had a Dino. Did you have um, pegs on it? I did. I had pegs on the front and the back. Yeah, didn't and do I anything had with the, them. I had the um. So you could do the. Two, oh my gosh, I sound like such a fucking idiot right now. The bar spins or yeah, bar flips. I, yeah. Yeah, I could. I I I, I could do those. Um, and it's like then, the it's like the Disney movie uh, team Pup and Suds or X Blades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, you're back to this pup and sucks thing with with. You and Dober, I don't understand. Dino. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Matt T. Um, I had a dino. And then once I once I decided I was going to take it seriously, right? Like once mm-hmm. I decided I was going to take it seriously, I saved up all my money from working at McDonald's because you could work there when you were 15. I saved up all my money, $375 I yeah. saved up. And I bought a specialized fat boy. Baby blue, bro. What do you want me to say to that? <laughs> it's a fucking banger of a bike is what that is. <laughs> Producer Jake, I need you to pull up a baby blue, baby blue specialized fat boy. 
<laughs> for you, Jake, do not do that. Do Just it, keep, Jake. Keep Jake, smoking darts, dude. No, keep stop. Put your dart out and pull up a specialized <laughs> fat boy, baby blue. The thing was banging, bro. Banging. Right, dude. Who are you taking? Are you taking Shav Shavkat Ramanov? You never, taking Carlson There's not Harris? enough money for you to talk me off of Shavkat. There you go. I love it. To the moon with Shavkat. Yeah. Take the baby blue bike there, dude. Baby blue specialized fat boy. Now, here's the thing. To the bank! To the bank. I was X Games in the shit out of that, bro. You couldn't tell me anything. You literally could not tell me anything. Dude, I got that bike. I did so much hood rat stuff riding that bike around town. I'm telling you. With no chain on it. Fucking no, hood rat. I'm, listen, I, I, I kid you not. There was like this portion of time in my life from like 15 to, well, till now. Where my parents just did not, just just kind of were like, this this is like Spartan Agobi style. This kid's either going to die or he's going to be awesome. And they we're literally just going to let the stopped. nanny watch him. I'd never have had a nanny. Pay her twenty dollars an hour. Never, never. <laughs> I literally would just ride this specialized fat boy. I fucking love that bike. I wish I had it still. I bet you it's worth money now. I'm upset now that we've talked about it. Damn it, I missed my bike. It's not. Oh, here it is. Does, is he pulling it up? Baby blue. You sure that's not a women's bike? Nope. Hundred percent. Well, no. So that's a mountain bike. Give me the specialized <laughs> fat boy BMX bike. Is that a twenty inch? Dude, shut up. No one fucking cares. Give me a specialized fat boy. Um... Dude, no one cares, Dale. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> Let it oh, go. Oh man. All right. Sorry. I've had. Listen. We've had. We've consumed stuff. All right. Here we go. Dude, by the uh, way, you can get Shavkat at like plus 230 KO. Fucking take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. All right, man. Um, oh, we skipped over. We skipped over. We skipped over Sam Alvey at 33-16-1, taking on Brendan Allen at 17-5. and five. Uh, We buried the lead on the show. The curse on Sam Alvey is real. He's a plus 305 here, <laughs> minus 375. Um, yeah, dude, over, over under on a round is not applicable because <laughs> this fight's not going the distance at all. No. Um, Actually, you know what? I say that, but literally, Sam Alvey might just walk backwards and throw looping left hands for fucking 15 minutes. I have no yeah, idea. That's a good that's a very real possibility. You talk about Brennan parlay Allen? pieces before. Brendan Allen's a great parlay piece. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Short notice, you can't really say that very much, but Brendan yeah. Allen against Sam Alvey is a parlay piece. No, Sam Alvey is not a parlay piece. Oh, you said you said Brendan Allen versus Sam Alvey. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. Brendan okay. Allen is a parlay piece. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If Sam Alvey goes out there 07 and 1 in his last eight, if I'm not mistaken, and beats Brendan Allen. He's getting a 30 fight contract contract extension. If he top beats 15. Brendan he Allen. gets a top 15 opponent if he beats sure. Brendan Allen. For sure. 100%. Sam Alvey is the only fighter that can be like 04 and 1 that gets a contract extension of six fights. It's insane. Mm-hmm. He's not 04 and 1. I'm, hold on. I'm just going to go back. Because it's it, it's worth noting what's happening here. Guys like, and you know me, I hate Kevin Lee. Why don't I hate? Hate's a strong word. I strongly dislike Kevin Lee. Right. Um, it burns me deep in my gristle Yeah. every time we start the show. Because the guy that we had do our video put Kevin Lee kicking Gregor Gillespie into the nether. And that upsets yeah. me. But anyway, the last yeah. person that Sam Alvey beat was your boy, Jean Volante. And this was back in 2018. <laughs> but since then... Losses to um, Little Nog, Jimmy Crute, Klitson Abreu, Ryan Spann, Julian Marquez, and Wellington Terman. He had right. a draw against the Iron Turtle, 
Um, and that's really it, bro. I mean, this is this is just it's another level of, of interesting how this is happening. Sam Alvey, for those of you who are unaware, has been fighting in the UFC since 2014. And the only people since 2014 in the UFC that Sam Alvey has beaten are Dylan Andrews, Mutante Ferreira, Daniel Kelly, Eric Spicely, Kevin Casey, Alex Nicholson, Nate Marquardt, Rashad Evans, Marcin Prakniau, and Jean Volante. And I'm just going to go ahead and let you know here so you don't have to look it up that the only person on the roster still is Prakniau. That's it. That's it. It's insane, dude. Since 2014, Sam Alvey has either lost or beat somebody that is no longer in the on the roster anymore. That's hey, it. Sam, you don't like what we're saying? Have your management reach out. Clearly, you come, wanted to be on the show. Come on to the show. You're a big fan. Show. You're a big yeah. fan, right, Sam? Big fan? Big fan. Come talk, come talk to me about your record, Sam. Come smile. Come smile over here. Um Honestly, if Sam Alvey won this fight, I would just be tickled pink because I love chaos, but I like Brendan Allen. And this fight very well may go the distance because I believe that Sam Alvey is only capable of smiling while biting down on his mouthpiece, swinging a left hand and stepping backwards. Um, the first dance at his wedding must have been very awkward because all he did was just walk backwards. <laughs> is his wife still in his corner? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I'll, I'll say this. Huge issue. Sam Alvey's married to a supermodel, like a legitimate supermodel. Right. So even if he's damn sure not winning in the cage, but he's winning in real life. So congrats, Sam Alvey. Honestly, I just wanted to have him on the show because I just wanted to see what it was like to have one of the CEO or board members of the Married Up Club on. That sounds good. You know what I mean? I just want to see what's on. Because my wife, surface of the sun hot, and I look like warmed up breakfast burrito your wife very pretty but you're also very pretty too so you guys just do pretty people things together but sam alvey but us in the real world right but us in the real world us people with actual chromosomes people that weren't fucking carved out of marble at some fancy ass southern california store those of us that sam alvey he, dude he bagged himself a supermodel so congrats to him congrats to sam I will say this. You, I mean, you've won. You're a very handsome guy, but your wife's prettier than you are. But you're both very pretty. pretty you're, sure. you're annoyingly attractive, Trey. All right, here we go. Let's see here. Us, us, us normal people, us plebes. Um, <laughs> let's, Chris, you've said several times that, that was Sam Alvey's grandma. Was that legitimately his grandma? Do you know no, that factually? No. He keeps saying that. No way. I just want to. I want to address it. I don't want to like not talk about it if that's the case all right this show is going to be two hours long all right um <laughs> co-main event punale soriano taking on nick maximov nick maximov seven and oh punale soriano is at eight this and one is your co-main event this is the co-main event of the evening on a fight that you're on a card you're excited about nick maximov at a plus 160 puna at a minus 185 over and around at one and a half go for it man what you got People are wondering, how in the hell is this the co-main event? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. Punale, Punahele Storiano, Hawaiian scrapper. They scrap. They work for your money. Nick Maximoff, why is he a big deal? Well, he's associated with 209, dude. He's the Nick Nate Diaz crew member. So, of course, he's getting a push from that NorCal uh, side of California. 
Here's the thing. This is not a co-main event. By oh, yeah, it definitely is. It's an LFA co-main event. It is an LFA co-main event. Punahele Soriano, he, I, I will remove him from all the other Hawaiian scrappers that you see on the UFC roster because I actually think this one's got some legs to it. Most Hawaiian scrappers t- tend to kind of falter at that like one and a half mark, that two-round two mark, their cardio goes. We've seen that with a couple guys. Punahele, he actually conserves his energy. He can sit down on his punches. He engages. He bites down on his mouthpiece. It leaves it a little bit troublesome because he leaves himself vulnerable when he like gets into these firefights. But, I mean, he's he's looked good against quality competition. We just talked about Brendan Allen. He looked fantastic in that loss against Brendan Allen against a guy that has a conflicting style in wrestling. Mm. He can deal with the hot, hardcore wrestling attacks. He can clearly stand. He can clearly bang. This is where the disparity is. This is, you know, probably why the UFC set this thing. It's a grappler, grappler versus striker. You have Puno Hele, who's going to want to engage and get this into a firefight standing. And you've got Nick Maximoff who literally is a very one-dimensional. I don't want to say he's Chase Hooper-esque, but he is to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. He's going to try and get this thing to the ground, utilize his submission game, kind of you know do what he can to do a looping right hand, shoot in, get a takedown, try and get half guard work from there. I think you got to go with a guy that's going to scrap, who has a decent takedown defense, and who showed worth in that Brendan Allen fight when it came to wrestling and staying up and not having the worst takedown defense. I'm going with the Hawaiian here. I've been fading the Hawaiians, and it's actually worked out in my favor as of recently. But Punahele is a different breed. Minus 185 is, I think, is a fair price right now because I think that's going to get wider when people understand Nick is very one-dimensional. Okay. I I can't openly refute much of what you're saying here. Um, I I will say this. If you're on the Maximov side, take Maximov and take him by submission. Just – I just feel like if you're if you're gonna go the plus money on it, go all the way plus sweet. money. Don't just don't just dip your toes in, yeah. dive in. Take yeah. Maximoff, take him by submission. Um, what concerns me, Trey, about this is that Maximov was unable to submit Cody Brundage. Now Brundage has a decent wrestling background. Mm. Um, another oh, that's the other curse one that we forgot. Amanda Bobby Cooper. Oh, Amanda, yeah. Bo- Amanda Bobby Cooper was supposed to come on season one. Um, and then no showed us and then hasn't won since, and then had a kid and all kinds of stuff. I don't think she she fights anymore. So I don't know if that counts or not, but she did have a fight after she was supposed to show up and didn't. So Amanda Bobby Cooper is the other, um, the other one. Um, it's weird how the curse just works its way in. It just works its way in, bro. I know. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, Puna. Yeah. So Nick Maximov, if you'd like him, Dump, jump all the way in. Take him by sub. Take him by sub. Why not? He's not going to win a decision against Puna. Um, he, he's either going to sub him or he's going to get beat. Now, that being said, the lack of experience from both of these guys leaves me with a little bit of caution, right? You're talking about a guy that's 7-0 and versus a guy that's 8-1. and So not a ton of experience amongst either of these gentlemen. And if you look at who Puna's beat, um, he's got a win over Dushko Tudorovic, who we – don't particularly love and then a win over oscar pachata and then a win over jamie pickett right now jamie pickett (laughs) jamie pickett holds a soft spot in our heart because he's a conflict mma alum um we love we love our team over there at conflict mma but outside of that if we're looking at the ufc caliber fighters um that puna has beaten 
it's it's not the most illustrious list that we've ever seen. Has he looked good doing it? He absolutely has looked good, right? We got the the, the knockout over Oscar and Dushko. Uh, the decision lost to Brendan. Brendan looked as good as he's ever looked in that fight. So much so that he tried to replicate it in his last fight and got slept because he thought it was just round four of the Puna fight. Not the case. And he got knocked out because of it. Anyway, if you're on Maximoff, take him by submission. Jump all the way into the plus money. If you're on Puna, just take a money line. Take a nice, even, you know, whatever you're looking at, probably 70% chance, 65% chance of victory here. Just go ahead and lean into it. Do a small unit and a half or so, something like that on Puna, and just go ahead and collect that check if that's how you're feeling. Boom, dude. Boom. All right. Main event of the evening here. We're at it right now. It only took us an hour. Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, 24-3. Jack Hermanson, 22 in six here, Trey. Hermanson, despite the having the higher rank, plus 180. Sean Strickland at a minus 210. Over on rounds is at four and a half. Um, I We're conflicted on this, um, which is which is probably going to hit people a little bit in their feels, to be honest with you. We don't normally conflict on main events. We normally land mm. on the same side. So um, in the spirit of all prelim fights, I'm just, you know, I like I like you going first because I like knowing what I'm up against here. So if you would like to to break down why you think Sean Strickland's gonna win this, please do so. I think that let's let's remove talents for a quick second here. Okay. I'm gonna bring in an X factor. Next factor is the bright lights. We have seen time and time again veteran status fighters fall to the bright lights. Sean Strickland, even though he doesn't like to be in the bright lights, has assumed a great portion of bright lights from the UFC, whether that's his unorthodox lifestyle, his abrasive nature that's been in, in, in the, you know, in training, his all spar, no rest type mentality. The guy's an absolute psychopath. We can all agree on that, but he's brought a marketing freaking bulldozer behind him. Jack Hermanson is two and two in his last four. He's a guy that's pretty, pretty, the blueprints out there. This is a guy that's got boxing that sets up his boxing to bring it to the ground. And hopefully, you know, find a, find a heel or a knee or something and do a knee bar, heel hook, whatever it may be to get some, you know, BJJ going. Sean Strickland's no slouch on the ground. He constantly competes in, you know, BJJ tournaments. He's had some submission wins on his own behalf. I mean, go back. I mean, it was a long time ago. I think it was back in like 2014 or 2015, but with Bobby McDonald's rear naked choke. And the way that he got that wasn't, wasn't because he just like fell into it. No, 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 no. He literally got into a half guard position, knew that he went to side control, knee on belly, moved around. It was very systematic the way that he did it. I think Sean Strickland's going to be the better boxer. He's going to be the aggressor. He's going to walk forward. He's durable. He has the ability from a BJJ perspective to negate what Jack's going to throw out there. The question is, I think Jack's going to come in probably the heavier, bigger person. So if he's able to wear Sean up against the cage and not allow Sean to move very much, sure, that poses a little bit of a threat. But I think the aura, the bright lights, and the capabilities all falls on the side of Sean Strickland. Full stop. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think some of what you're saying is going to lead to his downfall. So, um, Sean Strickland, less, I mean, I don't need to remind you of this, but Sean Strickland was more a 170-er than he was a 185-er. Um, a motorcycle injury took that 170 away and brought it to 185. 
Jack Hermanson is never going to make 175 pounds outside of having a tapeworm and something seriously wrong with him at this point in his life. Um, so I love him at 185. <clears throat> I, I really genuinely do. Um, you know, it's crazy. I'm just going to say this real quick. A small caveat. I always feel like when I take a super hard line in the sand, somebody's going to pop into the chat and be like, you do realize that this fight's at 170 pounds. Like, like I just... I just always feel in my head when I'm like saying like a really concrete thing that I feel super, super high confidence in. There's like a thing in the back of my head that says, idiot, this is 170 pounds. It's not. It's at 185. I looked it up beforehand. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sean Strickland, um, as you know, is, is a I'm a I'm a big fan and I'm a big fan of Sean Strickland before he started talking back when I thought he was like this highly intelligent weird rain man idiot fight savant that's right. what i thought that like I, for the longest time guys i thought that's how strong so, uh how sean strickland was like back with the luke barnett win and the alex garcia knockout and the tom breeze win um the court mcgee nordine talib i thought this dude was a legit like this this weird soft-spoken idiot savant like I genuinely thought that it wasn't until he started talking that I was like, oh, this guy's a little bit different. Now, as you've alluded to, most people think that he's an absolute crazy person. He lives a very Spartan style lifestyle in the sense that it's not very um, flashy or anything like that. Uh, and he appears to just want to be in conflict, which I can appreciate. I like a guy that'll fight for my money. However, I've got to look at value spots here as well. And I'm getting Jack Hermanson at a plus 180. Jack Hermanson, who at one point in time was one fight away from a title shot. Now, that being said, if I look back at some of the losses that um, that Sean Strickland has had recently, most recently, you love grappling tournaments. He lost to a rear naked choke. Um, but before that, it was a spinning hook kick from Oleski Dos Santos. And we love Easy Dos Santos, but Jack Hermanson's not throwing us a hook kick. Um, but Outside of that, we're looking at Kamara Usman and Santiago Ponzinibbio. And you know what they did? They closed mm. the distance on him. They mm. did not allow him to move freely and get working in the cage. We are in the apex, which is five feet smaller. And Jack Hermanson desperately needs a win. We have seen Jack Hermanson, like in the Kelvin Gaslam fight, come out and just immediately dive for a leg. Do I think that's going to happen on Saturday night? Probably not, but I would be remiss if I said that I didn't think Jack Hermanson's style was going to be to go out there and try to shove Sean Strickland up against the cage and take his ass down. I think he's going to try to mat return Sean Strickland to infinity and try to get a submission. I really believe it's it's either sub or die trying if you're Jack Hermanson. I think it's sub or die trying. Um, and I like the quality of opponent that he's fought as opposed to Sean Strickland. You can you can. Shake your head at me all you want, but Sean Strickland's fought Uriah Hall, Christoph Yako, Brendan Allen, Jack Marshman since he came back, right? On the flip side of that, in the same time period, Jack Hermanson, despite the loss to Hamzat in the, that wrestling match or whatever it was, wins over Edmund Shabazi and fought Marvin Vittori, Kelvin Gaslam, Jared Cannonier, Jacare Souza, and David Branch in the same amount of time. He also fought Gerard Mearshart and got a win there in the same time period. So th these are all much higher quality wins if you're Jack Hermanson than anything Sean Strickland's posted on the board in his two years of being back at 185 pounds. You're getting him at plus 185, over and under on, on rounds at four and a half. If you're looking at value, I think you have to consider Jack Hermanson. It's almost two to one on your money on a guy that has every skill in the book necessary to win this fight.
No, no. And you just said it twice. At first, I was like, oh, God, Dale, thank you for the segue. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you doubled down, and I was like, geez, Dale, are you in my mind right now? First off, you said Hamzat Shemaev. Then you said Gerald Mershark. He beat Gerald. Talk about- he beat he- Gerald. I understand. But do you want to talk about the exact same fight that we're seeing right here? Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland is the same fight as Hamzat Shemaev versus Gerald Mershark. It's a, stra- a striker versus a grappler to a certain extent. And the same thing's going to happen. One's going to get knocked down and one's not going to be able to Bro. implement his game plan. Gerald Mershark was not able to implement his grapple heavy attack against Hamzat Shemaev. Freaking Jack Hermanson is not going to be able to implement his grapple heavy attack against Sean Strickland. It's the same thing. Thank you so much. I fucking won this argument. No, you are too close to your fucking pepper nine diploma because you just made the most loose correlation. This is not a this is not some some crazy term paper where you're trying to compare Ernest Hemingway to the Rolling Stones. This this is not that, my man. I assure you, um, this is going to end completely different than what you're thinking. So with that being said, before we move on to the prelim fights, do you want to go ahead and declare this the people's main event? Yes. The main event is the people's main event. This has never happened before. Are you sure you want to do that? Sound the alarm. Thank you. Um, just so you're aware, I messaged Puna and asked him whether or not they were called slippers or flip-flops. So you better, responded. you better fucking hope he says slippers. Well, all I'm going to say is this. You got no choice, dude. It's mm. called Slippers. That's a good song. That's a, that's a banger. That's a that's a, that's a banger, dude. It's a, a banger. banger. That's a banger. Early two thousands pop was the best. Oh, era. for sure, for sure. Yeah. No. Oh man, early two thousands pop. We could, wait, that's a whole show in and of itself. All right. Yeah, just in time for Black History Month, Malcolm X Gordon at 13 and 5, <laughs> taking on Dennis Bonder at 16 and 3. Goodbye, yeah, sponsors. I'm just gonna no, I'm just kidding. Um, Dennis Bonder is a minus 255 over-under on rounds here for Malcolm Gordon's plus 215. There are no over-under rounds. Producer Jake, there was no over-under rounds for this fight. Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> so oh, boy. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Dennis Bonder for sure at the minus. Um, I I absolutely love this guy. One, nickname Psycho. Two, the patchiest beard on the planet Earth. And then three, fighting out of the Ukraine. And you know what? You know what's on the doorstep of Ukraine right now? Hmm. War. Oh, yeah. Russia pressed right up against Ukrainian borders. The U.S., because we're the world's fucking playground monitor, feels the need to intervene here. And we're trying to put our hands there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 with the, with the possibility of war coursing through his veins and Malcolm Gordon coming off one of the upsets of the year last year, um, minus two fifty five. I love Dennis Bonder in the spot. I look at him as a parlay piece. The only reason why I say don't go huge on Dennis Bonder is we are one, we're in the apex and because we're in the apex, that brings number two into play, Chris Tonyoni might be the referee to this yep. fight. Those of yep. you who are new to the show, when Chris Tonyoni is the referee to the first fight, we always get it wrong, and we have a success rate of less than 60%. So, 
Dennis Bonder with a grain of salt. Don't go heavy on him because Chris Tognoni might put his bald fucking head in there at any moment mm -hmm. and yeah. screw things up for us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And outside of the possibility of Wardale, uh, when you have a patchy beard like Dennis Bonner, you might have the possibility of Impetigo, um, which makes me think that the dude has been working hard and he's been on the mats. He doesn't give no. a shit if they've cleaned the mats up. He is invested. No. Malcolm no. X Gordon, outside of having the dumbest nickname on the freaking planet, he has no chin. We know this. Mm -hmm. He is a grapple-heavy attack, but the problem is the only way to get to that grapple-heavy attack is to wing a large shot. Mm -hmm. Usually gets clipped before he can actually you know, get that shot going. No chin. You're out of there. You're out of there. Dennis Bonder, money line. Make it make it some sexy money, dude. Minus two two fifty five is a little rich for your blood. Put some KO cash on that thing. Come on about it. Here's what I love. If you're a big, if you're a user of tapology.com, and if you're not, please go to tapology. Um, it's the closest thing that you can get to my brain in website form. Um, Dennis Bonder is listed as the number two Caucasus Bantamweight. There's there's a caucus ca category. There's a caucus category, and Dennis Bonder is listed as the number two caucus bantamweight. Jesus Christ! It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I want to shout out. Speaking of Jasons, I want to shout out Jason in the chat. Um, Jason says that Dewadu versus Trizano is the people's main event. I agree with you that that's probably the general consensus is that most people are going to look at the Duwadu versus Trezano fight. But historically speaking, as you know, Jason, it's the fight that Trey and I are, are the most disaligned against. What's going on with this notification thing? You have Tinder open. What are you doing right now? Is that your Bumble or your grinder? What is dinging in the background? Yeah, that's work. That's work. I'm in some shit. <laughs> can, you, can you just tell them? Like, can, can you just chill for a minute? You know, I could probably mute that, um, but you know, I'm not the most tech savvy. I mean, so what what are these cats guy. doing here? What like are what you're after hours? I know you're a salary guy, so you, you don't necessarily <laughs> have hours. But I mean, can you just tell these cats like, hey man, can you go jerk each other off for 90 minutes here so I can record a podcast with my bro? <laughs> per my email, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Per my email, yeah, I'm doing a podcast right now. So, you know, chill the fuck out. Chill out with the Microsoft Teams messages, bro. What do you guys, <laughs> you got Slack opened up? What do you guys, what do you guys use? <laughs> Dude, we're all over the place. We're all you got Slack? Place. Do you guys use Slack? Oh, of course we use Slack. Dude, I hate Slack. Why? It's like it's it's the modern day version of AIM AOL Instant Messenger, dude. It's great. Yeah, but <laughs> that's how you get the chicks. <laughs> my thing with Slack is is that I just I guess maybe my my boomer brain doesn't grasp it. Like I'm technically like elder millennial, but my boomer brain just takes over for Slack, and I don't yeah. understand like. I don't understand the layout and the setup of it. I barely grasp Microsoft Teams. <laughs> it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite at all. So I'll tell you this much. I, I'm loving I'm loving this episode so far. If you guys are in the chat, and I've noticed the number's been high for, for most of the... If you haven't already, please click the thumbs up. Um, yeah. We don't ever ask that, so I'll ask it this time. And I'm also going to say this. I'm going to remember this cocktail combo for the next episode because I... <laughs> <laughs> on a level right now 
Um, and we're going to get after it. All right, dude, your favorite fighter. Oh my gosh. The vanilla gorilla himself, Jason Witt at 19 and seven, taking on Philip Rowe at eight and three. Uh, Witt is at a plus 110 spot. You love Jason Witt. So you're getting him a plus money here. Phil Rowe to minus 130. Over under rounds at one and a half. Um, what, what do you like here, dude? I know you like Jason Witt, <laughs> which I think is fucking stupid. I think it's so dumb. Um, but Philly Fresh, man, Phil Rowe, dude, just coming off a, a grappling exhibition with your boy Gordon Ryan. Come on, man. He didn't he didn't actually fight Gordon Ryan. What are you fucking talking about? I said grappling exhibition. You heard my voice. I said grappling exhibition. He looked like dog shit. <laughs> he looked so bad in what what was it in Fury? Fury grappling. Oh my god. I don't know. It was, the, it, was. it was I don't know what it was. Freaking awful. I'm not a huge fan of Jason Witt. Um, but I am a fan of him in this fight. And the reason I say that is because you have to look at the confliction and styles. Phil Rowe has a horrible, horrible takedown defense. It's about 50-50. So 50% of the time, you're going to get this dude down. And what is Jason Witt's path to victory? It's wrestle. It's the feints he's going to show, the overhand to shoot in and wrestle and make this thing very boring. He's called the vanilla gorilla for a reason. He carries a ton of muscle. He's got great wrestling. Dude, what the fuck does Phil Rowe, does Phil Rowe have? He has a ten inch reach advantage. Oh, big deal. He's good in Muay Thai, fine. But what to get in Muay Thai range to utilize your knees? You got to get in clinch heavy. And what's going to happen when you get clinch heavy? You're going to get taken down fifty percent of the time. And Jason Witt's going to exercise the wrestling. Over one and a half is the play here. Let me stop here for a second. Full stop. Just, let me full stop here for a second. Choose Phil Rowe, sure. Choose Jason Witt, sure. I don't give a shit. Go over one and a half. You want to make it a little bit sweeter? It's almost a pick em anyways. Go over one and a half. If you want to freaking take Jason Witt too, that's what I'm taking. You're laughing, but there's what, what are you going to say? Phil Rowe's fucking amazing. Get, get out of here, dude. I don't think Phil Rowe's amazing, but I, think, I just I don't understand this thing with Jason Witt, and this happens all the time. Every time Jason Witt pops up, you just go into this, this, I don't know, this, this, this Homer's Iliad style, like, like explanation on how Jason Witt is going to win a fight every single time. It's this odyssey on how Jason Witt's going to (laughs) win. You were like, Jason Witt has great hands and a good counter left hook. And he's got a chin, and he goes out there and gets stifled by Matt, <laughs> Matthew Simmelsberger in eight seconds. In fucking eight seconds, he's not a striker; he's a wrestler, dude. Right. So, so, well, here's the thing: is then you go out and you're like, he's a he's a wrestler. He's got great takedown. He's got great takedowns. Great takedown defense. He goes out and gets taken down by Takashi Sato and pounded out in less than a minute. He literally can't do any of the things that you say he can do. There's levels to this game, dude. Takashi Sato is leagues above Phil Rowe. Of course, he, of course he is. Of course. Right. I, I, I so, won't argue that. I won't you. argue that. I won't argue that. He has a win, a majority decision win over Brian Barbarina, which lo- admittedly lost us a lot of money. I think Barbarina was a minus – 285 something like that and we suggest him as a parlay piece that one hurt ride the that, momentum dude that was okay so we're gonna ride the momentum he's coming off an arm triangle choke win over cole williams and then he beat brian barbarina 
um, after getting knocked out by Matthew Semmelsberger. My my only thing with Phil Rowe is he fades as the fight goes on, and he's got those thin ass legs. He's got very he's got very thin legs, and we know that Wit will be decently coached. One of the things that you did not mention, which everybody full disclosure should know, is that you really love Jason Witt because he's a James Krause fighter. You love Glory MMA, folks. Yeah. Um, you believe in the system there at Glory MMA. They're your new team elevation. So yeah. we'll, let's full disclosure this. Um, and you believe that, that, that that's going to contribute to Jason Witt winning here is the game plan and the coaching. So. Yes. I, I am concerned about the leg kicks um, of Jason Witt. Should he decide to throw them, Phil Rowe's legs are non-existent. He l- is just barely capable of standing up. Um, I believe that Phil Rowe can knock out Jason Witt. I, I, I really believe that he can. I believe that a hard sneeze, Jason Witt will get dizzy. <laughs> I just, I believe that. And he's a professional right. fighter. Hats off to him. He can kick the shit out of me. So save it in the comment section. I don't care. But I really believe that Phil Rowe can knock out Jason Witt. My only concern is, is that we run into the situation like we saw in Bellator this last weekend. We posted a parlay. Um, ultimately, the parlay would have lost on the, on the Bader um, fight. Right. But at that point, we would have advised people to hedge. But in the Darian Caldwell fight, Darian Caldwell was up two rounds to nil, having a great performance, and just completely died from being gassed out. Ultimately ends up being stopped. Mike Beltron, questionable decision. I think if a guy's up two rounds, you got to let him work. I say all that to say this. I think that Phil Rowe might find himself in a very similar predicament on Saturday night against Jason Witt. If he cannot knock Jason Witt out, it would not surprise me to see Phil Rowe bank two rounds and then have a hell of a third round where he's struggling to stay alive. Um, Over one and a half. Over one and a half is a good play here. Over one and a half is a good play. All right. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. All right, um, Danilo Marquez taking on Jalton Almeida. Almeida fourteen and two. Marquez at eleven and three. You sent me a text message saying you thought Marquez was a great play here at plus three hundred. I think that this is one of those ones. This reminds me a lot of freaking a man in Nunes fight, dude. Like you're getting a minus four hundred on Almeida. What has Almeida done to constitute minus four hundred? Danilo Marquez. Now, granted, he has not beaten anyone good. He's beaten the bottom of the barrel competition. He doesn't look good doing it. I don't think he's a very good fighter. But you're getting someone who has veteran eyes, who has seen UFC caliber competition. You're getting Almeida, who's very young, very green, not developed, Mm. and minus 400. This 1,000% is a play the underdog or bail. There's no reason that okay. Almeida is 1000% not a parlay piece. That's mm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want to do a slight sprinkle, that's why I threw it in there. I mean, that's, that's fair. Throw a couple bucks. Why not? All right. Well, I came into this ready to just set you on absolute fire. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I had, um, I basically was like the Persian empire in 300. My arrows were about to blot out the sun here. Yeah. Um, but you said the, you didn't say it the exact this exact way, but you said the phrase that I was looking for. It's dog or pass. Yes. I don't think you can necessarily rest on the experience of either one of these guys because they are very similar in the experience department. Um, so I, I you know, you're looking at a guy that's eleven and three versus a guy that's fourteen and two, right? So we're talking about a difference of one fight. Not that big of a difference. Right. Um, but quality of competition, if you're looking at Marquez loss, the Kennedy and Jekway. 
wins over Mike Rodriguez and Kitas and Brigamov. Um, definitely, Mike, that's not bad. They're not terrible. I, I, I'm not going to discount those. My thing with if you're on if you're on Almeida though is you got to look at his rate of finish right now. He's got he hasn't fought the same level of fighter right. But last time he lost a fight was 2018 and it was a decision. Only been finished once in his career, but of the 16 fights that he has, he has he has 14 finishes, nine by submission, five by KO. So if you're on Almeida, it stands to reason that you like him inside the distance. So maybe Almeida. Or, you know, fight does not go the distance, right? Um, and right here, he out-wrestled the Russian. Here's the thing. I was going to say this, but I, was, I I feel like I've been trying to be a little too jokey tonight because I'm I'm, in, I'm loving these cut waters. Um, the <laughs> Nasruddin, any any person that's got a double name. I know. Any double namers. Nasruddin, Nasruddinov. I mean, you're, when, you're, when your parents just literally name you the same thing twice, it's very, it makes you a very tough person. It's like a boy named Sue. You're either going to be very tough or you're going to get the shit kicked out of you all the time. Yeah. And and Almeida's got to win over a guy with a double name. So I know. It's um, badass. Yeah, it's badass. It's bad. Dude, imagine if your name was Van Van Buskirk. Well, I almost wonder what's more like, you know, what's more gnarly, like a double name or a single name. So like, for instance, like Seal in the music industry. Seal is just like Seal. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't really see that outside of like the professional realm. Right. Right. So like right. you're either Ronaldo or you're Seal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying here. I see what you're saying. Again, if if Sam Alvey is a chair member of the uh, uh, chairman of the board for the Married Up Club, how about Seal? I know that dude looks like somebody caught his face on fire and he married Heidi Klum. Yeah. Now they're divorced. Yeah. Like it didn't work out figures, but, but even still, you literally had children with Heidi Klum and you look like, like when I leave cheese in the oven, when I put my pizza in <laughs> and then the cheese is at the bottom, it just burns. But he's got a voice of an angel, dude. He does have the voice of an angel and the kiss. What's that from song? Her, kiss it's from like... a rose. Yes, that's the one I was like. Kiss There's from a, rose. a little pen see you remain. Oh man. My power, my pleasure, my, my pain. pain. Baby. Baby. Oh, bro. That's good, dude. Yeah, bro, man. That's good. Ooh. When we launch this episode tomorrow, that's goosebumps, definitely the theme song. Bro. Yeah. Goosebumps, bro. Look yeah. at them. Goosebumps. Yeah, goosers. God, goose. Do you call them goosebumps or goose pimples? Goosebumps, dude. That's okay. disgusting. Yeah, if you're a goose, if you're a goose pimples guy, unsubscribe our show. I don't even use the word. I don't really allow it in our household. Uh, when you uh, let gas out and use the f word, you don't allow people to say fart in your house. No, I fucking hate that word. I hate that word. Wait, well, hold on a second. Time out. You hate, hate the word, word fart. It's disgusting, dude. I hate what it. What do you it's call it? Floof. No, <laughs> no, you don't. No, no, yeah. No, no. I, I, no, I hate don't. that other word. No, I hate it. It's kind of like when people call sprinkles on ice cream jimmies, dude. I think that's kind of racist. I don't understand that. Why, <laughs> on. Wait a second. We're getting too far. We're, we have floofs and jimmies here. Okay. One. Yeah. Where, did, where? What's the origin story of calling things, calling farts floofs? It's just, I mean, I don't know. I just came up with it one day. Like okay, so that wasn't like ago. how you were raised, like your parents. Oh yeah, no. Shout out to Big Mark. He was not yeah. like 
Trayvon. These are what is it? It's, yeah, it's just Trey, not Trayvon. Um, no, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a- Uh, it's over. We're canceled. It's over. It's, over. it's over. It's over. This is officially our last time. Guys, it's been fun. We had so much fun with you guys over the last two years. I love you so much. Thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're done Next here. Fight. Or next fight. So you call them floofs. It's definitely a fart. That's such a weird thing to call it. And then what was it? Okay, doesn't matter. We're, we we got to keep moving here. We can't get bogged down. Oh my gosh, we're <laughs> Alexis Davis at twenty and eleven, taking on Julia Stoliarenko at nine five and one. If you guys remember Stoliarenko, last time we saw her, she was hitting there doing the on the on the scale, and then she fell out, and then they put her back on the oh, scale, really? and then she was shaking some more, and then fell out completely. So wait, Stoliar- that was a Davis or Stoliarenko? Stoliarenko, Stoliarenko. Really? She's coming in here plus one ninety against Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis, as you know, Trey lost us a bunch of money on her last fight out because she came out and she looked reinvigorated for some reason against panty key and zod but you know why she's reinvigorated because she was a women's underdog Mm -hmm. and here we are she's now the favorite and a minus 225 favorite and there's not a person on the planet earth at this point that's a woman that you could convince me is worth money at minus 225 there's just no way there's just no way i won't i won't touch this it is dog or pass it is science or nothing at all it's science or fiction that's it you can't convince me otherwise here I know I wasn't going to ride with you because Alexis Davis is a way better quality of competition, a resume of fighters, but she's it. What happened? You spill it. There was a bonus little bit at the bottom. Oh, always, always. If you put always. enough ice in the glass, you always get like a quarter left. Yeah. It's did, fantastic. Yes. Do you see my plastic Mason jar? It looks good. Thanks. Looks Go ahead. Good. Anyway, as you were, um, yeah, I think Alexa Davis has a better quality of competition, better resume of fighters. But the problem is, dude, she has a 36% takedown defense against mm. a girl who is just jiu-jitsu. She just so, wants that arm. Yeah, story the rank. I don't think she's very good at her takedowns, though. Um, it, she's mm. pretty sketchy. Um, mm. But all it takes is, you know, a women's fight to someone to slip inside trip, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And Stoliarenko's there for the taking. So at plus 190, not only is it women's science, but gosh, Alexis Davis can't stay on her feet to save her life. So you got to go plus 190 here. Do you have do you have Dollar General out there? Yeah. 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 Stoliarenko is a Dollar General Ronda Rousey. Oh, okay. In okay. both looks and skills. Okay. Yeah. 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 But how did how did how did Ronda always get the, the fight to the ground? She had the judo though. She doesn't have well, the look, judo. No, she doesn't necessarily have the judo, but she's gonna get, I mean it's Alexis Davis. You remember what do you remember what Ronda Rousey did to Alexis Davis? No. You don't remember? It was like nine seconds. I don't remember that. Ronda Rousey comes out, Alexis Davis engages her in the clinch, judo throw onto the ground, the throw knocks her out, and then Ronda Rousey just hits her with some Gary Goodwood uh, style short punches and the fight's over. That's Literally, right. I, I don't think it was 13 seconds. I think it was like 15 <laughs> or something like that, but it was pretty close. It was a very, very fast knockout. Anyway, all science. that to say, science, 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Let, let's just take Stoli Aranko here. It's a women's let's underdog. It. It's the only women's fight of the night. I'm into it. I'm into it too. I'm into it too. All right. Where's Stoli Aranko from, by the way? She's from Lithuania. Watch out now. Watch out now. It's close. It's close. It's very close. All right, man. Mark Andre Barrio taking on Chidi in Enjikawani. Enjikawani. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chidi Enjikawani at 20 at 7 taking on Mark Andre Barrio. We have a block here, Trey, which is interesting. We have a block of three fights right yeah. in it where it's all Canadians on the A side. I know. Which Alexis we never do Davis, with Canadians. Yeah. Alexis Davis, Canadian on the A side. Mark Andre Barrio, Canadian on the A side. And Hakeem Dewadu, Canadian on the A side. Very interesting here. Right. Very interesting. Right. Um, Barrio to minus 120. Enjikwani to plus 100. Over and around is a two and a half. I actually love Mark Andre Barrio in the spot. Mm. I th- I know I know that you don't like it, but here I am. I'm, I'm I'm already geared up. And my foot's on the pedal, so I'm just gonna go. Coming off of wins over Dolce Longiambula and Abu Azatar, right? Mm-hmm. Losses yeah. I can't take away from Andrew Sanchez, Christoph Yako, Jungung Park. Can't do anything about those. But that was almost almost three years ago when those happened. Um, since then, he's kind of sort of gotten into the groove that we always sort of thought that he was capable of. He's coming in. He's more measured. He's utilizing his spots. He's picking where he needs to engage in power. And realistically, if he comes out there and just fights a meat and potatoes, ABC, one, two, three kind of fight, I don't necessarily see where Njikwani can can cause some divergence in the timeline here. Mm-hmm. Where he gets Barrio out of there, and if I'm it, basically even money at this point, I think he's worth a small play here. I kind of like him for like a unit, two units here. I don't hate it. I'm not, I'm not partial really. The reason I went with Chidi was just because you know his record in the UFC is not indicative of what he did even in his Bellator career. He he fought decent competition in Bellator. He's a BJJ black belt. He's got good cardio, but I think Mark Andre is going to have better cardio. That's one of the you know the the centerpieces to who he is. He has fantastic cardio. He comes in with a, a barrage of strikes. Um, he can wear on you. And I think in a fight like this, there's a reason that it's set, you know, at two and a half is this is going to go into the later rounds and experience is one thing. Fantastic cardio is another. Um, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'll take Mark Andre. To be honest, I'm staying away from this fight because I just, I'm not Canadians have not done well with Trey in betting in the past year and a right. half. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, if you want to talk about UFC career, we don't have much to go off of. We have a contender series win over Mario Sousa. That's it. Um, right. Bellator, you're looking at a, a loss to Rafael Carvalho, John Salter, and Andre Korshikov, which Salter. are. Yeah, so I said Salter. He, yeah. he lost to Salter. Um, those are all losses to either tighter, title holders or title contenders. Um, his wins in Bellator, all of his wins in Bellator, not all of them, but most he has wins in Bellator. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say is that um, all came against UFC level fighters. So he beat Melvin Gillard. He beat Andre Filau, who just fought um, what's his face Pereira to decision beat Ricky Rainey. And he beat our boy, Max Griffin. Like mm-hmm. those are all, those are four high those quality UFC level wins. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just going to, I'm going to take Barrio. I don't like Enjikwani. I just don't I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'll take it. Okay. We're good. When you say you'll take it, you mean you're taking Chidi or you'll take Marc-Andre? No, I'll take a Marc-Andre. You've swayed me, good sir. 
Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You also need to get going, so you want me to talk faster. I understand. No, no, no. I'm just you swayed me. Okay. All right. One more Canadian here. Hakeem Dewadu taking on Mike Trezano. Trezano at nine and one. Dewadu at twelve, two and one. Uh, as noted earlier in the show, most people's main event, most people's people's main event is going to be this this bout right here. Hakeem Dewadu um, taking on Mike Trezano. Over on rounds at two and a half. Dewadu is at the at the favorite spot minus one eighty. Trezano to minus or plus one fifty five, one fifty depending on the book. What do you think? How? I know you're on Trezano. Spoiler alert, Trey's on Trezano. I'm, I'm on Dewadu, but go ahead and, and, and try to, to sway me. <laughs> try. <laughs> do, do your best there, kid. Um, me and Akeem, dude, I, he's one of these guys that like straight up thinks he's gnarlier than he really is. Yes, he mm. talks shit. Yes, he's loud. He's gnarly in the octagon. He's got good standing, but he has no ground game. And that was exposed on the highest level with uh, Mavzar Evulev, who freaking showed him, which he shows a lot of people, you know, exposed to the ground game. But it was so bad. I mean, no chance. The guy was never standing back up. His confidence, good. But the thing is, when he has that confidence talking shit in your face, what does he do? He drops his hands, thinks he's the shit, freaking walks around, and he gets clipped. He doesn't stay in the game. He doesn't, he doesn't stay focused at all. He loses sight of what got him to the big show because he wants to put on a show. Absolutely. Mike Trezano is a guy who's a freaking war horse. The dude walks board. He's durable. He gives you different looks. He switches stances. He mixes it up. He goes head body. He's all over the place. And he has a good amount of output, which I love too. Hakeem is one of those guys that talks shit like engage, 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 but he'll clip and he'll move away. Mike is not. He will Put his chin down. He will walk forward and continue to engage and put a lot of output out there. Mm. I like inside the distance here because I think both these guys are going to throw when they do mm. meet inside the phone booth. I think at plus 154, you're getting solid price. Yeah, I'm all about it, dude. And plus, I don't know if you saw this, Dale, but this might sway you a little bit. Dude, Hakeem has got some serious rotator cuff issues. If you haven't seen for the past like year – I don't know why he keeps posting. It's like showcasing your biggest injury, but he's constantly had therapy done on his right shoulder rotator cuff. I think that could go. It could get exposed if he has to match volume in Mike Trezano. This is like high confidence, man. Mm. Mm. I just, I totally disagree. Mm. Totally disagree. I mean, for one, Trezano's coming out of Tiger Schulman's. Um, I think the only fighter out of Tiger Schulman's that's won a fight in the UFC in the last two years is Shane Burgos. Uh, Massive. The Pirate. Yeah, the against Bruins. against Billy Q. No no disrespect to Billy Q, but, I mean, honestly, here, let, me, let, me, let me back this up real quick. If Billy Q versus Shane Burgos did not follow Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, people would have been talking about Burgos versus Billy Q for fight of the year. Agreed. That was a banger of a fight. And if you think, what the hell is Dale talking about? Go back and watch that fight. That's a, that's a, that's a badass fight. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, I, I understand what you're saying here, Trey. I complete, I, I, I get the, the argument, but when I look at Hakeem Dewadu, I see the win or the loss over Evloev, but let's not forget the win over Zubair Tukagov, the win over Julio Arce. Um, these are Big wins, right? The win over Kyle Bochniak, who is a who is very much a walk forward Terminator style fighter, like you're talking about with Trezano. Um, that is the Bochniak way. If, if if you don't remember Kyle Bochniak, he's the guy that took Zabit 
all the way to the edge back when Zabit was somebody that we were supposed to care about. Um, Bochniak was able to do that. Dewadu has wins over quality competition. And to your point, Trey, there is a, even though he only has two losses, there is a, there is a technical blueprint out there to beat him, which is to kind of wear him out, whether mentally or physically do, you know, press him, make him be in a physical fight. Like we saw in the Movzar fight. I just don't necessarily know that I trust Trezano at this point in his career to be able to do that against him. Um, yeah, you can make this. You can make mm, face all you want. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the water here at the minus 180 spot. I'm not saying he's going to knock him out. I'm not going to say I'm not going to get braggadocious in any way, shape, or form. But I like him at the 180 here. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is, dude? Oh Why don't you gosh, take Duwadu and Hermanson and parlay it, and I'll do the same with Trezano and Strickland. Okay, and then. And that'll Wait. be the no 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 no, no 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 no. I will play Trezano and Strickland. You play Dewadu and Hermanson. And if it hits, when it hits, you pay me the money for it. Ooh, I like that because it's more painful to pay the person. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah. If I lose though, I'm going to Venmo you in dollar increments for the next That's like three weeks. It's fine. That's okay. fine. At least you know that mine's worth one dollar um or worth worth the increments. It's gonna take you three weeks to pay me, is what I was trying to say there. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> there's gonna be so many one dollar transactions. All right. Uh do we have a feature prelim or was that it? No, yeah, we, we have a feature one. prelim. Yeah, Miles John at twelve yeah. and one taking on John Castaneda. Castaneda at eighteen and five. John's at twelve and a one, twelve and one, like I said. Castaneda at a plus 170 here. Miles Jones at a minus 195 over and under the two and a half. Uh, I love John Castaneda. I really yep. do. You know that I do. I also Sexy like Miles. Maxie. Yep. I like John My- or Miles Jones a lot. Um, yep. If this was anybody other than Miles Jones and his wrestling background and new love yeah. with his hands, I'm all over Castaneda. I would be. I really, really would be. In this instance, though, I just really think Miles Johns is a special, special fighter. Don't love him at the minus 195 spot here, so it might be a dog or pass position for me. But I really, I mean, this this is going to be one of those cards where I feel like a fair amount of dogs can win. I really do. It's not just hyperbole or trying to gas people up to bet a bunch of money loosely. I really think there's a chance that a lot of dogs could win here. Um, I'm, I'm putting up as valiant of an argument against some of your plays as I can, but you're going to come in at me and say Castaneda can win this fight. And I cannot disagree with you here, Trey, but I just really like the skill set of John's. I like the quality of competition. I like what we've seen out of him recently. He's coming off a huge win, potential knockout of the year. Um, I just really like the guy. Um, But Castaneda is a beast too, man. I know. Um, I know. I, I just, this is a great fight. It really is one of those ones where it might be dog or pass and just enjoy the violence. Dude, I I know. When I saw Miles John on the cards, I was like, oh, yeah, dude. I love me some Miles Johns. I love me some wrestling. He's got those Barbosa-type leg kicks just devastating. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
but with John Castaneda, he's a guy that's so fast and he has this kind of like, we always talk about point fighters and like a Caitlin Chukagan type fighter. He's so fast with that outside jab and moves around the cage so quickly. Plus he's got the freaking length and reach of an NBA player. That's a really tough style to fight against. Yeah. Someone that's fast, who does a point grab like that, move around. I don't like that he's a combate fighter. I don't think combate is that great. I'm an LFA guy through and through. But oh boy, I think that Castaneda has an opportunity here. And at plus 170, that gosh, it makes it so great. I am. This is a weird bet because a heart bet wants Miles John. Money bet, I'm going Castaneda here. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like I said, I I I can't provide stiff resistance against this fight because I just I I do love Castaneda. I really do. It he's he's a fighter that I very much enjoy watching fight. But Miles John is one of those guys that's on the he's like on the JV squad of guys that I'm really excited to watch over the next five years. Like right. he, he he has the potential and the skill set to be somebody that I'm just like, I can't not watch you fight you know like chug a beer on instagram live after you win level that's how much i like the guy um but it we'll see we'll see all right let's run through these real quick again guys and girls saturdays uh we post all of our picks on instagram what we're playing why we're playing it um it'll be saturday afternoon with plenty of time before the fights start any questions in the meantime hit us up on the dms but anything we say here because it's Tuesday night, subject to change between now and Saturday, depending on weight misses, how people look on the scale, you know, anything, just information that we get or not, don't get anything subject to change. So take everything with a grain of salt if you're thinking about locking in your bets right now. So Trey, give me a play for each fight. Got it. Dennis Bonder, Malcolm Gordon. Bonder. I'm on Bonder as well. Phil Rowe, Jason Witt. Jason Witt. I'm on Rowe. Almeida, Marquez. Uh, Almeida. I think it's Almeida inside the distance or dog. You, you might even look at it as a dog or pass kind of situation. All right. Stoliarenko, <laughs> Alexis Davis. Stoliarenko. It's women's science, man. You have to. And Njikawani versus Barrio. Uh, Barrio. I'm on Barrio as well. Hakeem Dewadu, Mike Trezano. Trezano. I'm on Dewadu. Miles John's, uh, John Castaneda. Uh, Castaneda. Hart says Castaneda. Head says Miles John's. Uh, yeah. Julian Arosa, Steven Peterson. Juicy J. Juicy J all day. Brian Battle, Treshawn Gore. Brian Battle. Uh, this is a dogger pass for me. Uh, <clears throat> Sam Alvey, Brendan Allen. <laughs> Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen. Shavkat Rockmanov, Carlston Harris. Cox Mountain Warriors, Shavkat. Dead, dead hat for sure. Um, Punahele Soriano versus Nick Maximov. Hawaiians fight for your money, dude. Punahele. I'm going with the slippers here. And we're going to go Puna. Jack Hermanson, Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland. And I am on Jack Hermanson. <sighs> we did it, dude. We did it. There you go. We did it. If you don't already do so, guys, and I'm sure most of you do at this point, follow us on Instagram, at PunchesMMA. Hit us up on Twitter, at PunchesMMA. The shadow ban continues on Instagram. Yes. So we might just move the whole shit, shindig, the twitter i don't know we'll see um hey, if you want to shoot us it's in- not safe we're not safe dude right uh we're definitely not safe after this damn it um if you want to shoot us an email you can do so chat at punches mma if you want to support the show there's a couple ways you can do it you can leave us a five-star review on itunes you can review each individual episode or the show as a whole on spotify which is now a thing 
You can consider supporting the show through visiting one of our show sponsors, stayclassymeats.com, using promo code FIST, or going to allegianceclothing.com and using promo code PUNCH. Those are two ways that you can support the show financially. Um, if you want to just support the show in the best way that you know you know how, in the cheapest way, just leave a review. That's all we ask. If you haven't already done so, please uh, hit the thumbs up button on the live stream or whenever you do watch the video. And yeah, man, um, I really don't have anything else. Trey, it's been, I, I just, I say it all the time. Well, I don't say it all the time, but I say it enough that people know. I love doing this show with you. It's, it's one of my favorite things that we do. It's a good Tuesday night. Crack some brews and make some bets and make some money, dude. That's right. Um, we'll be on Instagram throughout the week. Maybe Saturday. Well, always for Saturday nights for fights. We're we're navigating Instagram. Um, and maybe maybe Friday we'll hop on for a little bit and chit chat it up after weigh-ins. Maybe I don't want to. Don't set your calendar to it. But anyway, until then, guys, be good to each other, and we will see you this weekend. Bang bang. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.